someone around you say looking good looking good looking good looking good what's up with the weather today woke up and thought it was winter this morning man what's up with that and uh, I wore my leather jacket this morning Heather was all excited she came up to me she said is your bike outside I said sorry maybe my 10 speed that's the only bike I've got Uh, and um, she says wow you gotta have a bike I said hey if anyone wants to give me a bike I'll take it but I'm gonna say how much can I get for it because I'm going to sell it, man. I want a car, not a bike. And and if I'm going to have anything, I'll have a convertible car. And so at least I can have some air conditioning while I'm driving down the road. But so excited of what God is doing. We want to welcome you, those of you who are new to the church. You may be just your second time being here. Came on Easter weekend. What a weekend we had. Didn't we have an awesome weekend? And come on, let's give God some glory in the house. And we had a great time. But you know, we're not an events driven church. It's not now we go here and then we go to here. We believe that what Easter did was it just lifted the standard of everything that this is now the level and we're going to keep growing from that each and every day. And we're so glad once again that perhaps this is your second time to be with us. Again, your family and we want to welcome you. But I'm so pumped and excited about the new series that we're starting today called The Bible True or False. The Bible, true or false, for the entirety of this month, we're going to look at the Word of God. And I I just believe and feel it's so important. I'm going to maybe teach you a little bit more than preach to you over the next few weeks. And the only difference is how loud I speak. That's the difference. Preaching is louder. Teaching is a little bit quieter. But I cannot encourage you enough to take notes in church. Every one of you needs to be active and engaged in church. It's great to use your phone. And and I actually use my phone a lot or my iPad to take notes. But the only problem when you do that is you've got to be careful because you can get notifications. You can get texts come in and it can take your mind during the message. And so what I would say to you is if you're using your phone, if you're using a tablet, maybe put it on airplane mode so no one's going to bother you right now because this is where your focus, this is where your attention needs to be. And, And I also in my office, I've got books and books, notebooks full of preaching notes. So get you a nice journal, get you something where you can write down, but please, please, please take notes because what you're going to hear today, what you hear every week, we really believe is going to help you not just today, but tomorrow in the future when you need it the most. And God wants to speak in your life. And remember, we've said this so many times, but it's still good. They say if you take notes in church, you're less likely to go to hell don't know if that's true. 
but don't take the chance. Wouldn't that be awful to say I made it to hell because I didn't take notes in church? That would be a pretty down. Sitting beside someone, so what do you do? I was a mass murderer. I killed a hundred people. Well, what did you do? I blew up these people and did what do you do? I just didn't take notes in church. I mean, come on, let's get serious about the Word of God. But we want to look at the Word of God because I believe you've got such a tool. For many of us, we don't realize. We think it's just a book. And notice the title of our message today is it's more than just a book. We want you to realize through the course of this month that what you hold in your hands is the Word of God. But don't just think of it as the Word of God because we maybe have that picture or that mental image of it too. But we want to show how it works and how when applied to your life, the power, the liberty, the instruction, the direction, the freedom, the life that it can bring. No other book has been so attacked and persecuted throughout the course of time. Why is that? Because it's truth. And the enemy has done everything he can within his power to eliminate, to annihilate, to get rid of it. But yet it's still the number one book printed, the number one sold book in the world by far, succeeding every other thing around it. Through the persecution, it's remained. Through the persecution, it's still real. It's stood the test of time. So is it true or false? Is it, can I put my life, can I build my life upon it? How does it fit into my life? And really that's where we go wrong because we say it wrong. We say, how does the word of God fit into my life? Where we need to turn around and say, how do I fit my life into the word of God? Because that's where we need to place our lives. So the Bible, God's Word, doesn't just want to equip your life. Equipping is great. Equipping means that you're given the tools you need to do a task. So if we want to equip you to do something, we'll give you the tools. The Word of God is an equipping tool to help us to do a task. But I believe the Word of God is more than just equipping. It's developing. And developing means what? It means it changes the person who is doing the task. So instead of just doing what you need to do now as a father or as a husband, it now prepares you and makes you the better person to do those things. Because what we've discovered in life is hypocrisy is what? Doing something different to what you say. Hypocrisy is being something different to what you may be acting, but this is who I really am. So we don't want just a task mindset. We want to be developed. We want character to be built. We want God to develop our life. And the Word of God, I believe, is the greatest way that we can be developed in our lives. It's the greatest way that we can be the best parent. It's the greatest way to be the best spouse. It's the greatest way to be the hardest worker. It's the greatest way that we can have to live in freedom in your life. So equipping and developing, I think, is like this. Remember the saying, you can give a man a fish and you can feed them one meal. You can teach that man to fish and you can feed him for a lifetime. Let me say that again. To equip means just to feed for a meal. You can give a man a fish and you've taken care of a meal. But when it's developed and you've taught someone how to fish for themselves, then they can provide 
for a lifetime. And God's word wants to provide for your lifetime. For you, not just to do the right thing, but to be the right person doing the right thing. Isn't that important? And that's what God's word wants to do. And I thank God for his word. I thank God for prayer also. Anyone love to pray? It's our time to what? Talk to God. Listen to me. Prayer is when I talk to God. But listen, God's word is when he wants to talk to us. So it's so powerful. Thank God for prayer. But we need to also thank God for his word that wants to speak into our lives. So again, here's the foundation. If you want a happy and successful life, and you would be a fool not to. I said you would be a fool not to want a happy, successful life. The happier and the more successful your life is depends upon where your spiritual life is. If you are happy and fulfilled spiritually and fed in your spirit, man, you are going to grow and develop and every aspect of your life is going to be the best it can possibly be. Your spiritual temperature determines the temperature of every other aspect of your life. If you're spiritually hot, your wife's going to think you're hot. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's get alive in the house. If you're kind of cold and you're kind of chilled, your wife's going to be cold and she's going to be chilled. We don't like that. Come on, we don't like that. If we're going to be hot in our relationship with God, we're going to be the best worker. We need to see our spirit life accessed and built up. How do we do that? Through God's Word. God's Word wants to build our lives. If you have your Bibles with you today, and we're talking about the Bible, so it may be a good thing to bring one with you. And if you don't have one, we've got some we'd love to give to you. But you can follow on the screen. We're going to begin in John chapter 1. Rob preached my message today, which is awesome. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the... Help me out. Come on, it's on the screen. It's not a trick question. In the beginning was the... And the was with God and the was God. In the beginning, before the Bible was written, there was the Word. Before we had written words on a page comprised in a book that we call the Bible, there was the Word that was still there. Before the Bible, there was the Word. What was, what is the Word? God is the Word. And the Bible says, and the Word was God. The Bible is God. If you want to get to know God, read His Word. God's Word, He is the Word. So if you want to know God, read His Word. Read the Bible. Oh, but it's old-fashioned, Pastor Philip. It's irrelevant today. I don't understand. I'm telling you, there is not a more relevant book for today than the Word of God. I'm going to show that to you. I'm going to prove that to you because it stood the test of time, like I've said. But every problem and situation you will ever face in life, it holds the answers still today. I don't understand it, Pastor Philip. And that's what the enemy throws out so many times. Everything possible to make us shy away from it, not read it, not realize the gift to us it really is. So therefore, what? We won't fully know God. He tries to stop us being in a relationship with God, knowing the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. If we want to know God, we've got to know His Word. We're going to be teaching you this month on Wednesday nights and other times how to study the Word of God and how to make it 
real into your life. I thank God today for different translations. There's so many wonderful translations. Some people get hung up on the King James Version. I'm a new King James Version guy myself. I love the New Living Translation. I love to read the Message Bible. The Message Bible is not a literal translation. It's translation from. It's an interpretation of a translation. But what I'm saying is this. Read the Word of God. Get it inside of you. There is no excuse today for you not reading the Word of God. Get a picture Bible. If you have to, some of my best messages have come reading my kids' picture Bibles before they go to bed because it's so simple and the simplicity of the Word. So it's His Word spoken into your life. When Jesus came to this world, He didn't just come to say the Word. He came to be the Word. How do we know this? Um, Rob read it earlier. Verse 14, John 1. And the Word became flesh... And dwelt amongst us. That's speaking of Jesus. He became flesh. He dwelt amongst us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Jesus later in the Word of God would tell His disciples this. These things that you have seen and heard do. Notice He didn't just come to speak it. He came to be it. What you have seen and what you have heard. Listen to what the Message Bible says, John 1, 14. The Word became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. Don't you like that? The Word moved into our neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory like Father, like Son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. I love that. I love that. The Word was everything and so much more. Not just spoken, but living. And it's still the same today. The living Word of God. So what's our goal? I've kind of brushed around it today, but our goal is to make you love God's Word. Our goal is to make you desire to read God's Word, but most importantly, our goal is for you to live out God's Word. Word. The Word of God that we have is the most unique book that there has ever been and has ever been written. The Word of God was written over a period or a span of 1,500 years. Think about that from the first person who penned to the last person who penned a time frame of 1,500 years. Absolutely incredible written by 40 different writers. Notice I said writers and not authors because the Word of God has one author with 40 writers. Let me say that again. One author with 40 writers, which again makes it so unique when we look at it. It means that it's inspired. That's what we read of. It's inspired. So 40 people were inspired by God. Literally, God breathed His Word into them and in their own way, through their own personality, through their own abilities, they wrote down that which was inspired in them. They gave an account of what God had presented to their lives. And it blows me away to think 40 people over 1,500 years wrote down, but yet there is still one 
one centralized message throughout the entirety of God's Word. How is that possible except the fact that one author was moved through many other people to write the same thing? And what is the message? The message is God who was created for us, who created each one of us, a God who desires a relationship with us and a God now that wants us to know Him and trust Him. That's the centralized, um, um, that's the centralized message of the Word of God, a God who loves you, who wants to be in relationship with you and has made it fully possible for you to trust Him. So what we hold in our hands today is what's been called the canon of Scripture, the canon of Scripture. That word canon in Greek means a measuring stick. It's a measuring stick for each one of our lives. And it's also referred to as a closed canon, meaning nothing else needs to be added to it. It's complete all by itself. We don't need to take anything from it. We don't need to add anything from it. It's the canonized Word of God. It's the completed Word of God for our lives. 66 books in the Bible separated into two main parts, Old Testament and the New Testament. Old Testament has 37 books. The New Testament has 29. No, is that right? Is it 39, 27, isn't it? 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. If you would read through the Old Testament, everything of the Old Testament points towards Christ, His coming, His birth, the need that man has for a Savior. The New Testament, we see the birth of Christ. We see that which was prophesied, that which was announced, fulfilled. But then even after his death and resurrection, we then see the instruction that his life leaves for every one of us and how we can live with the promise of eternal life and heaven that we have in him. So we see the whole picture of the world. As I said earlier, the most printed book ever. But it's more than just a book. Look at this scripture from John 6 and 63. John 6, 63 says this. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. See that? The last part of that verse. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit And they are life. They're not just words. They are spirit and life. That word there for the word word in the Greek is phenuma. P-N-E-U-M-A. And they couldn't really translate it properly because really the translation better instead of spirit and life would be breath. The words I have are breath. It just doesn't really make sense. The words I speak, they are breath. How would that really make sense to us today? But when we think about it in this realm, it wasn't just the breath of a human being. It's simply the breath of God. The word is the breath of God. But listen, it's the breath of God, which means this power with words. If I speak something, I hope it comes to pass. But I don't always possess the power through my spoken word to bring it to pass. God says everything that I have spoken from my mouth, it will 
come to pass. Listen to me. It shall come to pass. So when we talk about God breathed, it's not just a word, but it's spirit and life. You have got to see it because it is power with the words. So the breath of God for the fulfillment of what God says. I love that. So the Bible is not just words. It's a power to accomplish the word that is said in it. So when you speak the word of God, you're not just speaking words. You're activating the power of the spoken word of God into your circumstance and into your situation. That's why it's not just a book. The Word of God is life. It's life. It's alive. It's living. It's not just a book. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit to the joint and marrow. It is the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. The NIV says the Word of God is alive and active. I like the Message Bible says it's as sharp as a surgeon's scalpel cutting through everything. In other words, it's alive to the fact of like a surgeon. It wants to cut away the things in your life that don't need to be there. And if you want to say it this way, it just wants to get all up in you. It just wants to mess with you, to change the mess inside of you so you can be what God wants. It wants to mess with your attitude and your life because it's alive. It's not just a word. It's God's breath that is life and power for your life. So listen to me. The word of God is not just information. It's power to do the information. It's the ability that we have to live it So what makes the Word of God come alive? How can I have the Word of God alive inside of me? There's actually three things that I believe make the Word of God alive. Really, it's one, but we see how it's manifested in three different areas. The first way that we can see it become alive into our lives is by faith. Say with me, faith. Come on, say it with me like you mean it. Faith, 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 faith. Hebrews 4 verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Can you go to the next one? It did not profit them not being mixed with faith. In those who heard it. Let me read it again. Are you ready? For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as it was to them. But the word, the word which they heard did not profit them. The word of God that was preached didn't do anything in their lives. Well, that's kind of strange. It's active and alive. Why is that? Because it wasn't mixed with faith. There wasn't faith. So because there was no faith, it wasn't activated and it was still just dead words to them. The word of God is never dead words, but to them, that's their perception of what they had. There needed to be faith that was mixed with it. No prophet, it says, without faith. We've got to have faith when we read God's Word. We've got to believe in the God who wrote the Word of God. We've got to say, God, I maybe don't understand it all, and we're going to get to that a little bit later, but God, I choose to have faith in Your Word, and God, I choose to believe Your Word. Why? Because we see faith makes the natural supernatural. 
Are you with me? It takes the natural things and it makes them sin. And I know for some of you that's not really helping you because if you're struggling with the faith part, the supernatural part is way out of there. So why? Let's take another step back then. So what unlocks the faith that we need to unlock the Word of God? Revelation. Say with me, revelation. Revelation. That's the second part. Because revelation is what's needed to make faith come alive inside of you when it is revealed to you. When it's revealed to you. It's when you know it by experience that it's been revealed to you and no one can tell you anything different because you have felt it for yourself. You've had a revelation of God. We talked about this on Good Friday. We need a revelation of the love of God that will change our heart to realize that no matter where we are, we cannot do anything to have Him love us more or less. He loves us perfectly and eternally right now. But we need a revelation of the Word of God into each one of our lives. You see, in the Greek, the word, word has two different meanings. The first meaning is this, logos. Say with me, logos. And we're going to be giving you information like we talked about. And, and we're going to be having more of this. And that's good. That's fine. Because you need the information so you can have the activation into your life. So we see the word has split into two words. The logos is the book that we have in our hands. It is the written, spoken word of God. It's the logos. It's the truth of God's word. Thank God for the logos. But for many of us, all the Bible is, is logos. It's just a word. But there's another dimension of the word of God, which is known as rhema. Say with me, rhema. Rhema is when that written, spoken word begins to become an utterance to you. It's something that all of a sudden, it's not just for someone else. You know that it's spoken directly into you. It's something specific. That's why you can read the Word of God and you can read a verse that you've read years over. You've maybe read it a hundred times before and it's just become Logos to you. But one day, bam, it hits you before the head and it's a rhema word. And you grab a hold of that and it gives hope to your life. It gives peace to your life. It gives instruction to to your life. It's an utterance individually and specifically to you. And that's why some people can go like this, man, I just didn't get anything from that message today. And people are like, what? That's because of the rhema dimension that is real to me right now. It's something I needed. It bore witness with my witness and it messed all up inside of me because it's living and alive and it's accomplishing something. We need the word of God to be a rhema word, not just a logos word. And I want to show you an example. Is that cool if we go on a journey today? Let me show you an example of that from when Jesus' announcement to this world, when the angel came to Mary and announced the birthing, that a virgin would bring forth a child. Look what it says in Luke 1, 30 and 31. Then the angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb... You will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. Jump down to verse 34. Here's Mary's reply. Are you ready? How can this be since I do not know a man? What's just happened? A Logos word has been spoken into her life. You're going to have a son 
and you're going to give birth. What's her reply to the Logos word? How can this be? Because I don't know a man. In other words, it's impossible. There is no way I can have it. Notice she hasn't caught the revelation of it yet. So she's questioning it and saying, no, that's impossible. There is no way. You've missed the mark. You must have been out in the sun too long yesterday. This is not happening. But look what happens. The angel then steps up into a new dimension in verse 35. And the angel answered her and said, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you and that which will be born inside of you is going to be called the Son of God. Notice now Mary's reply. Are you ready? Verse 38. She says these words, Behold, I am the what? Made servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to what? Your word, not Logos. Turn to your neighbor and say, not Logos. The word's already been spoken. She questioned it, but now the angel shared with her about the Holy Spirit's role and what was going to take place and explained what was going to happen. Now all of a sudden, she is now accepting that and she says, here I am, let it be according to your word, Rhema. She's now got the revelation of what God is saying. Go back one verse to verse 37, New Living Translation. The angel says this, for the word of God will never fail. My God, you need to get that rhema inside of your life today that God's word will never fail you. Man's word will let you down, but God will never fail you. It's not just a written word. It's that utterance that wants to give you life, to give you hope, to give you peace, to give you comfort, a revelation that you're not alone, but God is there with you. We need a rhema word. The revelation of the word spoken, Logos, changed everything. And she said, let it be so. Let it. Think what can happen in our lives if we get beyond, oh, that's just the word. To saying, God, let it be so in my life. Let it be so in my marriage. Are you getting the picture? Let it be so in my kids. Let it be so in my finances. Let it be so in my health. Think what can happen to our lives if we realize it's more than just a book. It's power and life for your life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need a revelation. You need a revelation. So faith is what activates the word of God. Revelation is what activates faith. Can we take one step further back? You know what activates revelation? Meditation. Say with me, meditation. Meditation is what activates your revelation, which activates your faith, which makes the Word of God come alive. In other words, don't just read it. You've got to meditate. On the word of God. Joshua 1 verse 8 says this. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall what? Meditate in it day and night. For what reason? Are you ready? Here's why we've got to meditate on it. Because we need a revelation of it to activate our faith. But here's why we've got to meditate. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then. Say with me. For then. You 
will make your way. Notice this. God didn't say, I will make your way. God says, I've already spoken the way. You just need the revelation of the way. As you meditate on the way, God says, then you will make your way. See your involvement? Well, I can't believe God hasn't done anything. He's already spoken it. You've just got to step into it and possess it. You've got to start meditating on that. Start believing that and accepting it because God says, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. In other words, every part of your life will be have prosperity and success. What a life. Listen to the Message Bible, Joshua 1 verse 8. And don't for a minute let this book of Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Making sure that you practice everything written in it. Then you will get where you're going. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, come on, wake up. I'm tired of not getting where I need to be going. I'm tired of finding myself in the wrong place. What's going to get me in the right place? The Word of God. Come on, help me. The Word of God. Then you will get where you're going and then you will succeed. The word meditate in the Hebrew denounces or denotes an active, what's called a recipitation. And what it means by that, it means to literally be repeating it over and over again. That's why you would look with a lot of your rabbis and a lot of these people, Jewish people, when they pray, it's almost like they're just repeating. It's like a prayer chant. Why? Because they've taken it literally. That's them repeating the Word of God constantly, constantly. It's re-speaking the Word of God. But a better analogy is chewing the cud. Anyone ever seen a cow chewing the cud? If you haven't seen that, it's pretty good. What a cow does is they eat real quick and then they go somewhere else and then they throw it back up into their mouth. Isn't that really nice? And then they eat it again. They start eating it again. You know a cow can spend up to eight hours a day chewing on food that it's regurgitated up into its mouth. And it's amazing, if you were to study it, the reason it does that is because it draws more nutrients. It gets better blessings. Come on, there's more goodness that comes out of the food when it meditates on it, when it chews it back. I want to give you some interesting facts I found on Google. Is that cool? And Google's the Word of God. How many knows? Only plan, only plan, only plan, only plan. Don't quote me with that. Don't quote me. But this is what I found on Google. Listen to this. Chewing the cud is an indicator of a healthy and comfortable herd. A happy and healthy animal will produce more milk. Listen to what the Word of God is saying. That when they chew the cud, when they meditate, when they're not just sticking it in and pumping it out, but they're meditating on it and chewing on it, what is it? It's an indicator that that cow is healthier than any other cow around. And not only is it healthier, it's going to produce more. Don't tell me that the Word of God is not true to your life. Because what did we just read? You're going to have prosperity in your life and you're going to have success in your life if you meditate. But hey, there's the flip side. Are you ready? The cow that doesn't chew the cud is a cow that is scared. And a cow that is scared and doesn't chew the cud will have physical issues such as digestive issues where its stomach will twist and have problems and it cannot function and it cannot unction in its life. Don't tell me God doesn't know what he's doing when he speaks in his word. 
If you don't meditate on the Word of God, you're not going to be healthy. You're going to have issues. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to have some issues in your life. So the importance of God's Word is vital for your life and future because He says it will make, or you will make your way prosper. You will make your way be successful. Why? By meditating, dwelling on the Word of God. Look what Jesus taught them in the parable of the wise and foolish house builders. Are you okay? Is this okay today? And I just want to give you the information. Look what Jesus taught them in the parable of the wise and foolish man. I'm going to read from the Message Bible. And listen to what it says. I, I love how it presents it. It's from Matthew 7, 24 through 27 is where we're going to go. But look at the first two verses, 24 and 25. These words I speak to you are not incidental actions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words, words to build your life on. If you work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed on a rock. Verse 26 and 27, but if you just use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you are a stupid carpenter who built your house on a sandy beach. And when a storm rolled in and then when the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. Wow. We could just close the series up right now and just go and say, man, I can see it. I can see it. The importance. If you work these words into your life, they're not just home improvements. They're foundational truths. They're a rock that you can build your life upon because I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but storms are coming in life. Hardships and trials are going to come. You're going to have some storms. If you're not having them now, get ready. They're on your forecast for this week. Oh, you're being negative. Oh, you can't be more positive. Okay, I'll be as positive as you want. I'm positive they're going to be coming for you this week. Because the enemy doesn't mess. He wants to destroy you. But it's okay. It's okay. Because if we have the proper preparation, no matter the storms and the trials that come, if we're meditating on the Word of God and we're catching the revelation of the Word of God and it's activating the faith in the Word of God, we're going to stand the test each and every time and we're going to make it through every storm. Because it's the Word. Say with me, the Word that prepares us and sustains us to make it through the storms of life. Say with me, faith, Faith. revelation, Revelation. meditation. Meditation. Wherever you're at on there, each builds in to the next. That's the key to making God's Word come alive into your life. Now I want to give you just quickly three practical ways that you can get the Word of God into you. Three practical ways that you can get God's Word into your life. Number one, you've got to accept the authority of God's Word. You've got to accept the authority. In other words, you don't question, I don't know if that's really God or not. You've got to accept the authority of God's Word. And I believe acceptance starts with your attitude, the attitude that you have to God's Word. How do you view 
God's Word. Instead of questioning it, why not accept it? I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to accept something than to question it. It'd be so much easier just to say, I I accept it. Does anyone in here know everything about combustion? Does everyone know everything about an engine? I know Kerry and different ones work on mechanics, and they know a lot about engines, and they could probably fix any problem with an engine. But I've just got a sneaky suspicion most of us don't have a clue. That's why we have mechanics. That's why we have people. They make things so complicated today that even if you do know what you're doing, you almost don't know what you're doing. But isn't it amazing? We don't know how our car really works. But does that stop you from putting your key in that car every day? Turning the key. And I guarantee most of you, unless you've got a clunker out there, anyone? You don't put that key in that car and say, oh, please, in the name of Jesus, I need everything to work. I just, you, you just put it in and you just turn it. You just turn it and everything fires away. You drive down the street, you get where you go and there's no questions asked. We need that to be how we treat the Word of God. We need to realize that's the key of life and I'm just going to put it in the ignition of my life and I'm just going to turn it. I don't understand it all, but I don't need to understand it all. I just need to accept it as God's word for my life. And again, can you see how if the enemy makes us question the word, then we're not going to accept the word. We've got to accept the word of God. If you're skeptical today, put it to the test. Take a month test. For this month, I'm just going to believe the Word of God. I like the kid who was in the Sunday school and he had heard about Jonah in the well and then he was in science class the next week at school and the teacher was talking about the foolishness of how people could think that an old Bible story like Jonah in the well could happen and he put his hand up and he said, Miss, I, I think you're telling a lie because God's Word says that's truth and, and you need to believe that truth. And he says, and when I get get to heaven and the teacher looked at him and said well that's foolishness he says no it's not she says how do you know that he says well when I get to heaven I'm gonna ask Jonah and the teacher says well what if Jonah's not in heaven and the little boy looked at his teacher and said well you can ask him then I don't understand how a whale swallowed a man but if God's word said it happened I believe it I believe God's word from cover to cover. I even believe the maps in the back. Amen. I believe the word of God and I've chose to accept it because it's a lot easier and a more fulfilling life to accept instead of questioning everything. We don't understand it all, but we can accept it as God's spoken, written word. And ask yourself this, if you're still struggling, would it be better to trust God or would it be better to trust yourself? Is it better to trust God or what you think? Come on now, let's just get real right now. Would it be better to trust that God knows what he's talking about more than what you think you know about? The last time I checked, God's way out ahead of what I think and what I have seen in my life. So who can I trust more? God. So I've got to accept his word. God's word is always the same. It never changes. It's the same. Look around us today. Cultures change. Laws have changed, but God's word is still the same. Why is God's word still the same? Because truth is still truth. It doesn't have to change. 
I'm not a man that I should lie. I don't have to repent. I don't have to take back what I said because what I said is truth and life. When I said it, and it's still truth and life right now, when God spoke, let there be light, light is still now going out at 100 and, or 1,400 and whatever miles per second. It's still going out at that rate from the very first time God said, let there be light. Think every second since then, 1,500 miles of light is going into new galaxies. That blows my mind. I don't understand that, but that's because I'm not God. So I've just got to accept that. So number one, I've got to accept it. Number two, I've got to assimilate it. What do I mean by that? I've got to work it into our life because that's what we read, didn't we? If we work it into our life, we'll be like a wise carpenter. I want to work it into all areas of my life. The Word of God is not just a Sunday thing. I said the Word of God is not just a Sunday thing. It's a marriage thing. It's a family thing. It's a financial thing. It's a health thing. It's every part of your life. And quickly, subheaded, there's three ways that we can get the Word of God into us. You ready? Point A, under-assimilate. We can listen to it. We can listen to the Word of God. What does the Word of God tell us about that? Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith, which activates God's Word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Come on, help me, hearing the Word, hearing the Word. Your faith today has been built up as you're hearing the Word. How do we know that? Because God's Word says that. That today there's hope that's come into your situation. Why? Because you have heard the Word that is power to accomplish the information that's been given. Remember? It's the breath of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's why it's so important for you to be under the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, You you know I'm going to have to go there. That's why you need to prioritize the house. This is why you need to be in church. You would make my job a whole lot easier if you were in church every Sunday and every Wednesday. You would make your spouse's job a lot easier. You would make your kids, your parents' job, your accountant's job, those around you a lot easier. Because if you were in the house, you would have your faith built, which you need for the Word of God to come alive in your life. Make a priority to the house. It's really interesting. When you go home, read it for yourself. When the parable of the sower, which is God, the word that's going out, it went. It was amazing, the different types of soil. When the disciples asked Jesus, how did that happen? What happened? One of the things that Jesus says, I believe it's in Luke, he says, you've got to consider how you listen. Because how you listen and what you listen to determines the harvest that's going to be produced in your life. You need to be where the seed of the Word of God is thrown out so you can see a harvest of some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. That's the promise that God wants to give into your life. The second subheaded point is you've got to read it. Point B, you've got to read it, read it, read it, read it. It's the bread of life. When Jesus was tempted by the devil... What was it he used to overcome the temptation? Matthew 4 verse 4. Man shall not live by bread alone. It's not just what I can eat. It's not what I can work. It's not what I can earn. It's not what I can have. But it's what God's word has already given. Look, it's not the bread alone. But I've got to live by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. I've got to read the word. I've got to have the truth inside of me. You need to buy your a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, go to the Connect Zone. Boom. 
problem solved. We've got a nice Bible that we will give you free of charge because we want to get the Word of God inside of you. And we could talk about this, and we maybe will talk more about this on Wednesday, but it's been proven that still the best way to read the Bible is in paper form. Because they say that when you use electronical devices, as great as they are, and they can be on your fingertips, again, the problem is the distractions that come, that while you're reading it, all of a sudden someone can interrupt that and they can come. They still say the best way is to read. And they say one of the reasons why is your brain retains more when it sees the progress it's making. So when you see on a paper book that you're halfway through the Bible, it gives you more motivation and retention instead of just an electronical thing where it's just a whole load of words on a screen. So again, I'm not preaching against technology. Thank God for it. Use it. But get a word in your life and then you can shake everything out of it like I did. (laughs) Subheading number C. I've got to finish. I'm, I'm too long. Have a plan. Have a plan. Have a plan. Get a daily reading plan. Prioritize it. I know I like to start my day with reading the Word of God. We, we've been reading the Word of God together. I pray that you're following that plan. Who's on that plan with us to read the Word of God? Come on, you can start that plan today. You're just maybe a few months behind, but make a commitment to read the Word of God. You don't have to be reading the exact same thing as us today for God to speak to your life. Start today. Make a plan. Prioritize it. And don't get bogged down with it. You know, there's some tough reading. Leviticus can be some tough reading. I was laughing. I heard some preachers say, when you're reading about all the infectious skin diseases and stuff, thank God for a Bible reading plan that you've got some Psalms and Proverbs to look forward to. (laughs) Kind of gets you out of that a little bit. But have a Bible reading plan that can help you. Many different ways. But remember, when you read the Word of God, remember this. The goal is not to read the Word. The goal is to let the Word read you. You need to let the word read you because we're meditating on it, getting it into our life. Psalms 119.11, David says these words, Your word have I placed strategically inside of my life. I've hidden it. It's valued for my life. I've placed it in my heart. For what reason? That I won't sin against you. You see, that's why we need the word of God because it will help us to overcome temptation. It will help us to be victorious in our lives. And number three, say with me, apply it, apply it, apply it, apply it, apply it. James 1.22, be doers of the word and not hearers only because then you will deceive yourself. You'll deceive yourself. Start applying the word of God wherever you're at in life right now. I'm believing right now and I know with confidence because the word of God is not just a book, it's a life. I know that wherever you're at in life right now, God has a verse. He has a scripture. He has a promise for you. Find a verse. Apply it to your life each and every day. Put it on the dash of your car. Put it on your mirror in the morning. Have a verse for the season of where you're at in your life. If you're going through problems with your kids, find a verse. If you're going through financial problems, find a verse. If you're lonely, find a verse. God's word has the answer to everything in your life. Can you tell today I'm just excited about this series? I'm excited about the journey we're going on through. Why? Because I love God's Word. And I want you to have an understanding too that God's Word is not false. It's true. It's truth each and every day. Because it's not just Logos. It's a rhema. It's a personal love letter to you. So one other thing as we 
get ready to bow our heads and close our eyes. Just look at me for one other second. Make a commitment this month to be in church. Make a commitment through this series. And make a commitment to say, I'm going to accept God's word as truth. I'm going to start reading it, not questioning it. I'm going to accept it. I'm telling you, you start living like that and applying that, you will never be disappointed in your life. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Thank you. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.